Hi everyone and welcome to the Engage podcast. I found that we as people are slowly losing the ability to actively listen and learn from one another. My aim with this podcast is to encourage a variety of opinion and to connect people who are willing to share their stories, opinions and perspectives with those who are willing to listen, learn and engage. With this platform that I've created, I aim to encourage discourse with a foundation of kindness, understanding and mutual respect because I genuinely do believe that we are more similar than we make ourselves out to be. And now, on to the episode. My guest on today's episode is Anya Lamont. Anya is a very good friend of mine who I met in university. Anya is from a conservative religious Afrikaans town called Stella and she has subsequently left church and is no longer a practicing Christian. I feel that this disclaimer is necessary to add. I am not shaming anybody who is currently in church or who has found a community in church. I think that's a great Thing to have found um, and it's unfortunate that a lot of people like me and Anya were not able to find that in the churches that we went to. So as you'll see throughout the conversation we're not trying to exclude you but merely offer a alternative perspective to what's currently being preached in most evangelical churches and it's also to kind of give a voice to people who've been left out of the conversations, particularly in um, the church for so long. So this is by no means an attempt to shame or attack anyone. This is just offering an alternative perspective and kind of bringing marginalized voices back into the conversation surrounding religion. Hello. Hello. No. So, we are talking about churches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're talking about churches. Okay, let me put this disclaimer in here. This is just mine and Anya's personal experiences. This is not to say that this is the same experience that everybody has had. Um, so, yeah, just, just wanted to put that in there. Um <laughs> So, Anya, could you give us like a little bit of kind of a background about your life growing up in church and that type of thing? Um, okay, so like at the moment, I'm not a, I'm not a Christian anymore. Um, I guess you can say I reverted or whatever a year or two ago. Um, but I did grow up in a very devout Christian family um, and like had to go to church and all that. Um, and still most of my family is Christian. So it's kind of scary because um, most of my family doesn't know I'm not Christian and mm-hmm. my parents know, but the rest doesn't because I know it's going to be a big um uh, a big, uh, like, disaster almost that everyone yeah. finds out. Um, but so growing up, 
in like a Christian family. I know everyone's experience is different because um, like you get very different degrees of how, um, how serious they take like going to church or reading your Bible or all that. Um, but for me in my house, um, I, I kind of enjoyed church when I was younger. Um, but when we moved to a, a, like this little farming town when I was in grade six, and that was when I saw like the really bad part of churches and stuff. Um, and uh, um, when growing up, like I think the the stuff that I don't um, like, my problem with um, growing up as a Christian is there's a lot of I don't want to say brainwashing, but like you get told a lot of stuff. Yes, like you get told a lot of stuff when you're young, when you're influential and um, like those stuff like sticks to you with mm-hmm. it's really hard to um, think differently later on in your life. Like, for example, when uh, when I was young, like there's this sort of Christians are the only good people. Like, if you're not a Christian, it's sort of assumed you're evil or bad. Um, Like, it maybe wasn't said like that explicitly, but, like, it was always, if you knew someone who wasn't Christian, they would always say, like, oh, these people, they aren't Christian, but they're not that bad. So, like, they always had to say that, like, they're not that bad, even though they're not Christian. And... um, also the like judgment of other religions like um okay i'm not gonna out all my family um yeah family members but um i know the ones the one time like um it was quite shocking to me my um one of my family members told me that um i can't remember where but um there was a storm and one of their um, one of their statues was um, like blown over by the storm, and um, it was like a religious statue. And then, like my first reaction was like, "Oh damn, sorry, like I'm sorry for them," um, because it's like a big thing. But my family uh, members' first reaction was like, oh, "Isn't that wonderful? It's a miracle." Oh, and I was, um, okay, um, and like you know, like stuff that like that makes you really uncomfortable, especially now um, since I'm not a Christian anymore, and my family keeps saying stuff like that. Um, but also, so growing up like in church and stuff, um, in when I'm when I moved to the other town, so that church. Those people um, are very, um, like, they have a lot of discrimination. They're very, most of those people are racist or homophobic and uh, sexist, you know, like your wife belongs in the kitchen, basically. Yeah. And, um, and uh, but they're still, like, they always go to church, you know, like, they're these high and mighty churchgoers um, and uh, that that like 
that wasn't that that was like the bad part because obviously it will be a lie to say all Christians are bad people. Like um, mm. I know most Christians are good people, like they want to do good or whatever, and their heart is in the right place. But if it's Christians like that that do exist, like if you want to preach love, but from your religion, but there's other people in your religion that has that much hate towards other people, like mm. you maybe have to start fixing stuff um, for in your own like religion before you can start judging other people who are not Christian. There's yes. this one, like, I think it's a verse. Um, I don't know the exact words, but it's something about um, remove the beam from your own eye before you can take the splinter out of your brothers. And oh, Christians yeah. love to quote that verse whenever someone tries to, like, say something to them. Um, there was this girl that tried her best to bully me when I moved to that town. And the one time I, I asked her, like, why do you hate me so much? And she just, she ran away. But later I found a note on my bed that said, that like said that verse. And I was like, uh, okay, I need a bit of a better explanation than that. Yeah. But <laughs> so like they love using that verse, but like they should probably apply it to themselves. Um, mm -hmm. Like I know there's a lot of like even projects and stuff where they help people, less fortunate people and all that. Um, but it, it feels like they seem like they think um, Christians have a sort of a monopoly on doing good stuff. Like um, it's only Christians that can do good, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and like now I I have my own, I'm not a Christian, but I do have my own personal beliefs. And I just, um, most of it do not coincide with what I was taught in church. Um, and I feel like I don't, you don't need a religion, like to have purpose or whatever. So, uh, and I also don't want to be associated with a lot of the stuff um, mm -hmm. like that I've witnessed um, in church and stuff. Like also when I was, I think one of the worst stuff for me when I was younger, I was a big tomboy and I hated wearing dresses mm -hmm. and, but, or dressing up or whatever. And if you would go to church, like the church we went to, you had to dress up. Like mm -hmm. you would have been scorned if you did not like wear a pretty dress or wear pretty clothes or whatever. Like you could just feel everyone's eyes following you. And um, so that was like, that was not a good experience and then the and then everyone who just like sort of blindly follow whatever they were told in church mm. um, that that's also like I don't mind people talking to me about what they believe and um, I, I actually love when people like discuss stuff like that with me it's always interesting but as soon as I hear them like just sort of quoting what you've been told as a Christian kid since you were like three, then I just immediately like um, cut out because I've heard it enough. And um, yeah. obviously not your own opinion that you formed. So, yeah. Yeah, it's actually, so I'm assuming the um, 
like church that you went to in the little farming community was one of those very like traditional evangelical churches yes and and it wasn't even the worst one there um mm. there were even like worse churches there i know there's yeah. we had this one like um celebration or something um to be honest i've been to a few but i still don't know what it's about actually um <laughs> it's um this the um, yeah it was some sort of battle in south africa the uh, farmers had some sort of battle and um but it was like really shocking actually those stuff the one our church hosted uh, there was always like either a play or um, some people like played music or um, stuff like that. It, it was usually a play and then you could like, there was food um, that they made. You could like buy a plate of food and then there was like um, a sermon. And uh, with every time they sang the old South African anthem. Um, oh. uh, yes, like every time and the one time um someone actually said like um you know we should probably uh, stop like we're not gonna do this anymore we're either gonna we're rather gonna sing another um like christian song instead of that mm. and then the people started like jumping up and saying like no we want to sing it and uh, um uh, yeah, that kind of felt like a mob. Um, and that that one that was hosted by our church, a lot of people didn't go to that one because they thought it was too left. So even that was too oh, left yeah. for them. Okay. So I don't even want to know what, what went on at the other stuff. And like that's Jeez, the type yeah. of that that's the type of like gatherings where there are sermons. Like it's you know, it it was that the church hosted mm. it's it's like it's insane to me because we i'm sh like i'll speak about my experience in a little bit yeah. but we've been to i would say two different kinds of churches but mm. like because yours was i'm assuming a lot more conservative than mine i'm assuming that yours was more um right-wing africana yeah yeah, so mine was, um, inverted commas, progressive. Um, yeah. Not really progressive. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like the traditional model of the church is kind of divided into like three subgroups. So the one would probably be like yours, like very conservative. You know, they still have um, a sense of like conservatism and, you know, it's still preaching those kind of like toxic messaging yeah and then you kind of have the like inverted commas more progressive ones so there's the progressive ones where they don't outright preach those messages but they sugarcoat it at an essence they're still preaching those messages and mm. then you have the other kind of progressive church where they just don't get involved in social issues at all um and for me I feel like that is just as problematic as the other two churches preaching toxic messages because now you are basically saying that a person 
isn't the sum of the experiences because you're excluding that part of them. You're not addressing that part of them. And I mean, if the church was to stand up and say, racism is wrong, sexism is wrong, GBV is wrong, they would have so much influence over their congregation and things would be get, yeah. would get done a lot faster. Like, I don't think the church understands what kind of influence they have over a, their congregation. And if they just chose to, you know, condemn something on the pulpit, it would make a massive impact. Absolutely. Like, the, the priests and stuff, like, I don't think it's that much anymore, but they're still, like, seen as these, um, like, whatever they say is the truth. Like, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're followed blindly a lot of times. Like, it's not, not everyone, and it's not, but they have still a very big influence, even if they're not followed just blindly. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the times, or the church has thrived off of the congregation blindly following um that that is ultimately how the evangelical church has gotten to basically perpetuate patriarchy and white supremacy into every corner of society because it's it's not a secret that the evangelical church has played a big role in patriarchy and white supremacy people use um you know bible verses and pastors teachings as a basis for these, um, you know, toxic cultures. Yeah. Um, I. Um, yeah, no, sorry, go. Yeah. Oh, I um, like in grade eleven or twelve, whatever. When, because um, my parents are quite open-minded. Luckily for me, they're they're the odd ones out in my family that are open-minded. And my dad actually gave me this book in grade 11, um, The Gnostic Gospels. That was like my mm-hmm. first book that um, that really, because when I got older, my dad started to encourage me to like think for myself. When I was little, we were still like, you know, read the, read the Bible stories, just like believe what, mm-hmm. what they tell you, go to church, whatever. Um, but then he gave me this book and that was like the first time I, um, like I really started to feel like it's okay for me to voice my concerns in my head because there's always have had had this like um, threat that like hovers above you of you know hell and stuff like that um, that concept like if you don't do exactly the right thing in your life like you're going to burn for it eternity like that's a scary stuff to tell a child yeah. um, so like you don't want to even like start going down that rabbit hole of thinking differently because like uh, you don't want to burn in eternity um, mm-hmm. but like that was the first time I really started to because um, um, there was always a lot of stuff that I that just didn't really click for me um, like I'll talk about that a bit later um, but mm-hmm. so my dad gave me this book and uh, um, it's it was basically about how Christianity started like a lot of the history and uh, um, 
I'm sorry, my memory of exactly what it said is very bad. So I just know like broadly what it said. Um, But like religion and uh, politics was basically the same thing, like in that time, like uh, thousands or hundreds of years ago, it was, it was like the same thing. The, the rulers of the church were basically the rulers of the country. And, um, they um and like i don't think anyone will argue with me by saying politics when there's politics involved there's usually um like dishonesty um it's never just played forward they want the best for you and uh, um so like the what the christians their bible right what their bible is now there was found a lot of other books um, that they mm. um, dug up a while ago. There was wow. also Bible books, and it um, it contrasted a, a lot of the stuff that is in the Christians' Bible now. Uh, like a lot of the mm. principle was said something different. Like for instance, I remember it said Mary Magdalene. That, she wrote um, the gospel, but it wasn't included. Yes, yes, and and that a woman was um, the like head of um, Jesus' disciples, um, but they took that out because, like you said, um, patriarchy and white supremacy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they they just chose what to include in this book that everyone would read and think this is the answer to like life. Um, they just decided like, okay, no, we're not putting that in. We're putting in stuff and they created this like um, um, this culture of, you know, the head of the church, like you have your priests and you have your elders and whatever's Mm -hmm. under them and so on. Um, They're like the most important, you know, it's really this like hierarchy and um, they they created this culture like it wasn't like even in in those books that they dug up there was nothing about that like where there's like a head or something and you have to follow them um like it was those rulers the like politics and whatever that created this and now politics and religion isn't the same thing anymore but that Mm -hmm. culture is still in religion um, yeah. where, you you know, um, where it's still like in the old days where you, you just like follow these like elders and whatever. And like in uh, something that really pisses, pissed me off um, in uh, my town was called Stella, the town that I live in. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the elders in our church, he had like that, they made rounds at like, um, the members to like check up on them and whatever and the one elder that um, lived close to us that like came to check up for us like when he came for an official church check up you know he would like use the k word and stuff and um, like luckily my mom told him like don't do that in my house like stop mm-hmm. it 
um, but I mean, he's an elder who represents the church that other people like respect in the church. Yeah. And like, he puts out this like example, like obviously the children there are going to grow up to also be like that because that's what happens there. Like mm, it's just exactly. this cycle. It actually, it, it really upsets me that the evangelical church does this. They, they read the Bible as if it's like just words on a page and it's black and white. Yeah. The Bible isn't infallible. And I know people are going to come at me for saying this, but it's not. You need mm-hmm. to take into context of when it was written. You need to take into account the society in which it was put together. You need to take into account who put it together. Um, yes. And, and you also need to realize that the books of the Bible were not written by God himself. They were written, or they, the words of God as perceived through people. Those people, mm-hmm. particularly the men of that time, had their own implicit biases. They had their own experiences. Mm-hmm. So to read the Bible as if it's infallible just takes away so much from it it's just it's more than that it's it's a it's diary entries of people living their lives it's storybooks it's parables it's not just you know black and white Mm -hmm. like a a really good um, like example of what you said now is um okay again i can't remember the book but um when when jesus was um like Sorry, what do you call it when he was lifted from the grave or what? Uh, when oh, he resurrected. rose from the dead. Yeah, he, um, the, the, the part where I can't remember, but it was two of his disciples, two guys that went to his grave. And the whole book, you like see how it's in one of their um, perspective, like the one writing it. And like he drops stuff like, um, okay, I can't remember. Uh, let's just say Paul, but please don't like. I'm just <laughs> using it to like ease my um, my explanation. I can't we'll remember it who it was exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like he he said, like um, the the two men started running, and the one um, and Paul, the one who God loved um, the most ran faster than the other one and came there first like it's so obviously like he's like trying to because it's the guy who wrote the that book that says that so like he's trying he's saying like oh yeah like um i'm his favorite like and i ran faster than the other one like it's so obviously in someone's Mm -hmm. like perspective said like a subjective view of it um like how can you base your life beliefs and everything on just subjective views of people hundred years ago? Like the one thing that I um, think of, and this is the example that they use a lot in church to justify like, um, or to not justify, for example, homosexuality or sex outside of Mm -hmm. marriage or something like that is they say um, like, biblical marriage like marriage in the bible was a transfer of property women Mm, were seen as property of their fathers until they were married off and became property of their husbands okay so i don't think that is 
a valid argument because <laughs> we've obviously evolved women are not objects women are people yeah. women are human beings um so to say like biblical marriage without taking into account context ignorant mm. yes it, and you know also something i can rant about for hours is mm. how christians love to choose the parts of the bible that they want to um like tell others or believe if you like read the whole bible each passage each verse there are some crazy shit in that like mm-hmm. um yeah. like it's just funny how um like okay this is i'm going to start with like a small example how people um that i know that are very against like being gay and whatever like my someone um this woman sent me consecutive voicemails that added up to something like 35 to 40 minutes of just her trying to convince me why it's wrong to be gay and she was like um quoting the bible and stuff and like then she had to stop this voice then because she had to go search up another verse that she thought of and whatever and i was like okay that was after i listened to that i was like you know you you didn't convince me now that gay is wrong you just convinced me that christians are wrong and um and like so they they take those verses okay you know they believe that but even just something like in the bible they say you can't eat pork like um i use that a lot like they never um, i've never heard a christian really address that like it literally says that in the bible so why do you believe you can't be gay but you're fine with eating pork and also um, there's a lot of um, like those crazy verses where they say like about like you know rape and stuff and how times how that's like fine and there's this one disturbing part where they say like something about how they will joyously um smash the heads of babies onto rocks or something like that mm. like i don't know the, the context but no matter actually the context like that's re- something disturbing to say in mm. the bible and there are a lot of passages like i can give you a list of um where where they say um or where they say like god said just because someone didn't believe in him like these women will be raped just because they don't believe in him and he will personally show everyone their shame and uh, um, how he like destroyed a nation just because they didn't believe in him even though they were just like people and there's a lot of passages where like threatens people with cannibalism and uh, um, well I say like um, I say he does that but I mean that's what it says in the books and uh, um also what was the other the other one um okay yeah also about the women being like property of their fathers and their brothers and stuff um i can't remember i'll remember the other one now mm-hmm. yeah it's 
it's terrifying some of the things that were justified yeah. in the Bible. But that's exactly why we as a society progress. Yeah. You know? And I don't think it's fair to treat the Bible as black and white, you know, throughout the ages when there's so much ambiguity within it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and especially like, oh my word, the one verse that Christians love to quote is Leviticus when they want to um, say being gay is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in that verse, it also says you shouldn't have sex with a woman on her period. It also says you shouldn't wear mixed materials. Yeah. So unless you're going to give me an equal <laughs> um, sermon on not wearing mixed fabrics yeah. and on it not having sex, <laughs> you know, on my period... <laughs> I'm- like honestly for me the the evangelical church they, so they've created this kind of thing like purity culture and they literally have made an idol out of people's sexuality like at this point they don't it's not even about addressing issues it's it's genuinely about the church wanting to know who you're sleeping with yes <laughs> you know and i'm like for what <laughs> There are, there are so many other sins in the Bible. There are so many other issues that the church should be addressing. Mm-hmm. But no, they want to. They care who I'm getting it on with. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, the um, like my I I like you said the, about the three types of like churches. Um, so, like I went to that kind of. Um, very traditional, um, old-fashioned church that, like, just believes the Bible. You know, you sing this old songs with the, um, with the, those, what do you call those organs? Um, and uh, oh, yeah. creepy songs with the organs. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, like, dresses in their best they go out on Sundays they're like out into the church and then just when they step out like okay they're back to being bad people again um so I'm gonna talk a little bit about my church experience yeah. because I've gone so you've gone to the first like subcategory I have gone to the second and third um subcategory so growing up I went to a church that would in most terms be considered progressive um you know they had many different races of people there was a woman who preached sometimes um you know that kind of thing so it was for all intents and purposes a progressive church but the problem with having the guise of progressiveness is that they just sugarcoat these messages but they still preach toxic doctrine Mm. um And for me, that is a problem because you are not addressing the fact that so many people have been hurt by this doctrine, you know? Um, And also, it's it's kind of like a question of who draws the line and where. Because, okay, you have people of different races, right? We know that racism was justified in the Bible, so we're ignoring that. Um, You have a woman preaching sometimes, okay, so we're ignoring that. But then you're still saying... Um, you know, it's a sin to be gay. We don't want people in our congregation who are gay or who don't conform 
to the like ideal nuclear structure of marriage and family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't think that you can claim to be a progressive church if you aren't ensuring that it's a safe yeah. and an open, healthy place where people can be in healthy relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there aren't people in this congregation who have healthy relationships with God, mm-hmm. you know? Um, of course, I've seen people flourish in churches like this, but we also have to acknowledge that the messages that they preach have hurt people and they continue to hurt people. And the church needs to, you know, take accountability for that. Yeah. And I also, like, there are some churches that that are even more like they also preach like it's fine to be gay and uh, all that, like they're really, really actually progressive. But I feel like mm-hmm. it is their responsibility to see, okay, um, we are Christians, we identify as Christians, these are the stuff we believe, but there are a lot of people in our same religion, a lot of churches in our same religion that do not preach these stuff and that are hurting people. Mm -hmm. And it is our responsibility to try and fix that because otherwise we are also going to be associated with that because, like I said, not, Mm -hmm. not all Christians are bad people. Like that's definitely not true. Um, there are a lot of good Christians and I know there are a lot of Christians that do believe it's fine to be gay and they're not homophobic, sexist or racist or any of those, those Mm -hmm. bad, bad words. Um, But they um, like, they are, they are being associated with these other like type of Christians just being in the same religion as them so rather like try and fix those people in uh, your your own religion like try and stop them from hurting other people community yeah Mm. yeah i actually like that you said that because like the next um type of church the third type that i went to um was the type of church where okay so it normally mega churches will fall into this um category and they basically are just happy clappy Mm -hmm. if if I can put it that way um you know they they don't preach like of okay let me put it this way of course Jesus's main um message was of love and compassion for everybody but when you have people on the other side of the spectrum who are racist who are homophobic who are sexist you need to like what you said take accountability and take it upon yourself as a church and as a structure Mm. to right those wrongs yeah and by you not addressing any sort of social issue you're just being complacent Mm. um and the church that i went to for like the first (laughs) i actually left it recently Mm. um but for the first um month or couple of months it's great you know it's like you go to church there's like nice lights and stuff and you know the messages are like really happy and uplifting which is great um but then you kind of go there and you're like okay besides the fact that Jesus loves me what else are you preaching about yeah you know yeah and it also it just makes you feel beaten down sometimes because it feels like the church is not taking into account your um 
you know, personal experiences, be it because of your race, your gender, your sexuality. And they kind of just make you conform to this like little mold. Like they just kind of put everyone into this one mold. Mm. And I don't think that's right because everybody is so different within your congregation. You have so much diversity and going to a a church that's supposed to be progressive. You want to get out of being put into a box or into a mold because that's what the first two types of churches, you know, do. They try and say, if you don't fit into this mold, you're not a good person. You're going to go to hell. Right. Yeah. 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 And um, like, I know it, it, it's easier said than done to like try and fix those wrongs because um, mm-hmm. like for instance, Stella, the, the town that I lived in, um, those people there, like even, even the churches, uh, even the Christian churches that were progressive, like even they were sometimes seen as sort of bad, like, or evil, like, they were Mm -hmm. like those churches were heavily frowned upon and like mocked and stuff like that was one of their Mm -hmm. like mockeries is these churches that sing with instruments other than an organ like who could believe such stuff like um such heresy um singing not songs that are 100 years old and um, like, and it, and like, I think that were that was like their biggest, not enemy almost, but okay, almost like enemy um, Christians who were not that traditional and who were yeah. like they are very set against those Christians. So obviously, it's yeah. going to be hard. It's not like a progressive church can go to another church and say hey listen you're wrong you want to come to um come listen to what we have to say like that's not gonna work um there are a lot of Mm. politics inside a religion as well but like i um like i agree with what you said and i do believe that they still need to try because it doesn't feel like they are trying very hard at the moment to uh, yeah it doesn't yeah you never know what will happen if yeah. you try. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, like, for me, personally... Oh, fuck, I forgot my point. <laughs> Literally, as I said, oh, <laughs> me personally, my head went blank. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but um, I definitely agree with you. I think it's not enough to just pretend like it's not happening. I feel like... Christians as a whole just have a tendency to put blinders on and like pretend that something's not happening. Mm. Um, and you, you can't do that. You know, the, the church exists within the real world. In the real world, in the natural world, there are social issues, there's politics, there's real people with real problems and real emotions. Um, and to not take that into account in your messaging is just harmful. And mm. that's the reason why so many people are leaving the church like for me personally I'm an ex-evangelical so that's kind of like a movement where people have left the evangelical church um, obviously a lot of people who are ex-evangelicals are atheist or agnostic I'm a progressive Christian mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't go to church um, but 
the church needs to assess why so many people are becoming tired of the church structure. Yeah. And it's because of these harmful messages that you keep perpetuating or it's because you're not taking into account that you're living in the real world. Mm-hmm. And the church really needs to do more to fix these like doctrines yeah. to ensure that people don't get hurt like you know further than they have been yeah um like exactly what you said and um the because a lot a lot of the sermons also like what they preach and stuff like it feels like it's these like high messages but it doesn't it's not like practical can I almost say like mm-hmm. um yeah. how to go about your daily life and try and be a good person like there, there are a lot of those um like sermons and stuff but I remember um this one thing that I, it's become sort of like a personal joke to me um where I think I've heard five sermons um in the like the six years that I had to go to church in Sala, um, where the priest um, preached about, um, he said, okay, I just have to do the, the English translation. Um, you have to give yourself as a living offer to God. And like those exact words, like I probably heard like 70 times in those years, because even it felt like that's also all he said in his sermons and like, okay, do you want, if you want to give yourself as a living offer, you know, like, I don't know what stuff you're into. If you want to do that, that's cool. But like, he didn't even say then like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that, like he never explained really like, like literally what? Yeah, like imagine like someone listening to that yeah. and taking that like literally. Because uh, there's been like so many sermons where he said exactly that. Like I felt it was exactly the same sermons, but I still don't know what he meant with like. Uh, I think I think like his point was you should like give up your life. Uh, you just like do whatever God tells you to do. Um, and. Uh, um, but, but like still like he just kept saying that and he doesn't give you like practical examples or whatever like um, or like actually tells you like it's just these high messages without like bringing it down to the real world like you said like um, mm-hmm. okay this is what I meant in plain words where you can understand me yeah and that that goes back to like, you know, ancient or not really ancient times, but like hundreds of years ago where only priests were allowed to see the Bible. And so they just had to or the congregation just had to rely on what the priest was telling yeah. them, you know, and they, they, they couldn't question that. Mm-hmm. And the church needs to stop perpetuating this culture of if you question and you get to a different conclusion than your pastor, you're wrong. Yes. That was the other point that I wanted to make. Um, Thanks for reminding me. Um, (laughs) Like there's a lot of, uh, a lot of religious people now that also in my family that they, um, 
they say it's fine to question. And I think that's really good that they're starting to be more people like that that say, like, it's okay to question. But as soon as you come to a conclusion that's different, um, that's like, okay, I do not believe there's a God, then, uh, then you're wrong. Like, you can question as long as it ends up with you being a Christian and still believing what the Bible tells you. So, like, there's still a lot of steps to be taken there. But it is good that there's more people yeah. that says it's okay to question. Um, because I think yeah. that that's, like, a big fear for, for um, people growing up in, like, serious Christian families. But, yeah, because traditionally the church isn't a safe space to question and to have, like, completely open and honest you know discussions about whatever it may be be it sexuality or um you know just like beliefs in general yeah um yeah (laughs) so what was the like turning point was there like a specific turning point where you realized i don't want to do this anymore so um so I guess, like, um, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm a special snowflake or whatever. But when I was, um, like, younger, I, I, like, there was a lot of stuff that just didn't, like, click for me. I don't know. It's maybe a lot of kids, like, felt that way. They just didn't say anything. But, um, like, for for example, like, with the Bible, where in the Old Testament, it's, like, they there's this god that's like it's the this all-powerful god that punishes everyone that doesn't listen to him and um like you know punishes you if you do anything bad and whatever and then suddenly in the new testament it's this god of love that um just like has mercy for anything that you do um, but as long as, okay, as long as you still believe in him and whatever, but it was just like this contradicting like images that they were giving me and, um, and, you know, like small stuff like that. But I must say I was a very, I don't, I can't even remember that much now, but like, I think I was a pretty, um, serious Christian, um, like I always um, wanted to do the right thing when I was little and whatever. And I felt like, okay, that was the right thing to do. And I wouldn't like mm-hmm. question or whatever. But um, I think when I got older, when I saw like that bad part of um, of churches and stuff, then I, I started to be like, okay, this is not right. And, um, mm-hmm. and when I got older, also my my dad like, um showed me it's okay to like think for myself even if my conclusions are different and uh, um Mm. so that was really good i'm really thankful my that my parents are the odd ones out in my family um was that and uh, um my dad gave me that book right so like i still believed everything um or most stuff that you were taught as a christian there were stuff like, for example, that like long voice notes that that person sent to me and stuff that confused me. Um, and then like, I just, I didn't really know what to believe anymore or not. And um, 
and I definitely didn't like the church. Like I didn't, I still wanted to go to a church, but I knew it wasn't that one um, or those yeah. churches. And then when my dad gave me that book to read, um, that Gnostic Gospels, like when I finished that, I was just, and it also, it showed like a very different type of beliefs of people like years ago, uh, where they were also sort of Christians, just like a different branch, I guess. And how they saw what God is or how God is as different. Like they saw it as um, not not this like guy in the clouds that controls everything, but more of like a, a yin and yang, like a male, female, like I know mm. the Greek word for um, for the one part was like female and it meant either wise or something like that. And the other one was um, like, um, like male and um, uh you know, like it had like these different stuff, but it was more, it was a better image for me than just like this controlling guy in the clouds that I was yeah. this. And obviously like the, in all the images, they made it look like this white old dude. And um, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, so like I started to see, okay, there are very different, like that's when, my brain, I guess, like started processing that it just because I was taught this doesn't mean it's true. And um, Mm. when I finished that book, I just, I think my conclusion was just that um, people are full of shit and I should just, um, I should just figure out for myself what I believe. Like, I'm just not going to read anything anymore. What people like, um, where people are trying to convince me that this is true I'm just going to figure out and I am totally okay with not knowing. Um, I feel like I don't need to know. And I think that no one will ever really know what's the truth of everything. Um, And I'm fine with that. Like, um, and when I made like that realization, then I started being like, okay, so I'm not a Christian anymore. This obviously, if I believe that and, um, so I told my my parents and what, whatever, um, and they were okay with it. And but I haven't told any of my other family because they will freak mm-hmm. out. <laughs> yeah. I haven't told anyone in my family. <laughs> uh, oh shame. <sighs> yeah, no, because um, so like basically, I come from kind of a multi faith family. My dad is Hindu, my mom is Christian, but we didn't really have a choice in what we wanted to believe. My mom just kind of raised us Christian. We mm-hmm. went to church all the time. Um, and I think for me, it's, it, was, it wasn't like a particular point, but I can point out like many events that led to me saying, I don't want to be in church anymore, yeah. you know? Um, so first off, it was like, not being allowed to even just like observe rituals and stuff that my dad's family would do because um I find beliefs and rituals and stuff so interesting Mm -hmm. and to not be allowed to do that I was I used to be so like angry and I'm like why you know and like nobody could give me like a a proper answer 
And then, you know, growing up, I, I'm not going to lie, I never enjoyed going to church. Mm-hmm. It was always a chore and it was always something I felt that I had to do. Yes. And if I didn't do it, I was a bad person, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I just like slugged my way to church all the time. And then the messages that I would hear in church were just like, they were so toxic. Mm-hmm. I can remember this one time. I was, I was it must have been like grade 10 or 11 so I was pretty old um but basically the pastor is preaching about marriage and I remember this so clearly because it left me shook what he said he said woman your body doesn't belong to you once you get married and I was like (laughs) excuse me what (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) and like I don't think churches kind of understand the weight of what they say sometimes Mm. like do they understand that marital rape and rape by close partners is makes up the majority of you know sexual assault instances? Yeah. So to say something like your body doesn't belong to you when you get married, people can use that to justify marital rape. Yeah. And people have been doing it. Mm. You know? That's that's such a careless thing to say. Yeah. And and it's not like it's just a random guy saying that and yeah. like maybe someone listens maybe someone doesn't it's like a figure of like um respect or whatever in a big community like a lot of people listen yes. to to that and like believe what he tells them mm-hmm. and it made me so upset because i was like okay but what about the like thousands of child brides that get married off to like older men you know every year what about the people in toxic relationships with their partners who feel that they can't get out now yeah there's just so much carelessness Mm -hmm. in the church that they don't seem to care who they're hurting yeah and that needs to stop Mm -hmm. i think that's for me was like what made me say "Uh -uh, i'm i'm done is when i realized that the church it doesn't care or they don't seem to care to want to fix issues mm. you know and i was actually watching a sermon by this one church um i think two days ago and it was actually given at a men's conference but basically he kind of said okay okay so what he did was he basically placed homosexuality and um sex before marriage in the same like category of sin as pedophilia, bestiality, oh, yeah. rape, you know, that type of thing. And I'm like, do you understand that so many <laughs> high profile figures, priests, pastors, people in churches, religious people have gotten away with child trafficking, with child abuse, with, um, you know, molesting children because of that idea. The idea that me having sex with somebody or me having consensual sex with my partner mm. outside of marriage is as bad as somebody who's a pedophile. Yeah, I, I don't know if people, like, do they hear themselves? Do they really go think about it? <laughs> like, is it just, they just don't think that way? Maybe someone just needs to, like, I don't know, give them a yeah. lap, give them some perspective and or whatever. Like, you know, the thing is, I'm not attacking this particular pastor or something like that. I'm attacking or I'm calling out his doctrine that has harmed people 
And that doctrine needs to change because yeah. it's continually harming people. Mm. And as a church, you're supposed to be a safe space for people. You cannot carelessly continue doing things like this and continuously preach these toxic messages. Yeah, no, definitely. Because, like, um, it, it rarely is the person, like, that's a bad person. It really is just, mm-hmm. like, how you've been brought up to think. Because, um, like, yes. what I've observed, observed in Stella, like, a lot of those kids, like, the people that went to me to school, like, there was one or two people in my class that were neither sexist nor racist nor homophobic, and uh, um, and uh, the rest, like all, everyone went to church. Like I don't think there was a person in my school that was not a Christian, um, and uh, like they've, you can sometimes hear like the kids um, how they talk to like um, people of like other races or whatever. Like they're so like this little kid that like treats a black woman like 30 years older than him, like at a, like a piece of trash. Like he, he talks to her like that. And um, mm. but you can like hear his father's words, like just coming through his mouth. Like it's not, yeah. no kid is born to be like that. Like it's how their parents like bring them up. And mm-hmm. I do believe like so it's not the people but they need to change the whole like cycle and I see the people from from my town when they leave to go to like university most of them or a lot of them at least do change um like to some degree I know one guy in my class that um he was one of the better ones though but um he he was um he was still um, homophobic, and but I talked to him the other day, and there was a um, a gay guy in his um, where he stayed his like student housing, and and mm. I asked him like, do you have a problem with that? And he said like, oh no, we're actually really good friends now. So that I saw like he his mindset like changed just like because we got out of that toxic town and like that toxic community and stuff you know yeah so people really can change but they you just would not need to like break the cycle somehow yeah I definitely agree with you I think leaving church for me was the best decision I could have made for my own um well-being Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, once they leave, you know, like the toxic, oh, I don't want to say the toxic church community, but the toxicity that the church creates within a community. Um, and they see how other people, you know, live and they see other people's life experiences. Mm. You kind of question and you're like, okay, but why is my church telling me that gay people are going to go to hell when this person seems like really nice, you know? Yeah. Um, and you just you you kind of question, and uh, which is a, a really important um, process in you know deconstructing and reconstructing your faith and all of that. Um, but it's important to question, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think a lot of people get iffy when they're like, okay, cool, you can question your parents, you can question your friends, whatever. But as soon as you're like, question a pastor, people are like, what? You went too far? (laughs) You know? But you need to question. Because the church doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. And unless we as, you know, Christians and as congregations put pressure onto churches, they're not going to listen to your demands. Yeah. Yeah, I know, definitely. I think questioning is probably the most important, important step, encouraging people to, like, just start thinking for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like genuinely, if there are any like um, people who do go to church here, we're not um, judging you or anything like that. We're just saying that sometimes what you think you believe may not actually be what you believe, but you believe it because you've been told that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important every step of the way, especially in your spiritual life, to question why you believe something are you believing it because you've been told to believe it or are you believing it because this is genuinely a conviction for you? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like I really don't want to offend someone's beliefs because I, I am very open to anyone believing anything. If, if you Mm. really go like think about what it is you believe and do you believe it just because someone said that or, or whatever, and you come to the conclusion that is, that is really what you do believe then I totally respect that as long as it's not something that hurts other people or um, as long as you are open to the fact that other people might have different beliefs than you Mm -hmm. like I mean you and I basically both grew up in like okay you probably grew up in a more conservative community Um, but I mean we both grew up with some level of conservatism Mm -hmm. you know around us and we ended up in two completely you know different places and that's fine Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah that's 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 today's tea (laughs) question (laughs) question the church and the church needs to take accountability for what they've done and what they're continuing to do yes (laughs) So anyways, thank you, Anya, for coming on to the podcast and speaking to me today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, thanks. Me too. I always always get excited for the opportunity to talk about anything. And this (laughs) specifically is extra exciting for me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but like I really enjoyed um, speaking to you. I think it was a really interesting conversation as well. I, I hope it was. I just wanted to thank Anya again for coming onto the podcast and speaking to me. And I also wanted to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Um, I really do appreciate it. I post new episodes of the Engage podcast every second and fourth Monday of the month. And I hope to see you again soon. Bye.